This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. So good morning, everybody. Great to have all of you here today. We have a wonderful service ahead for you as we as we close our series on faith. And and uh, yeah, for the first time for New Church Live, can I tell you guys a quick funny story? So so for the second time, I went to a wedding yesterday and i'm doing the wedding and i pull in and the guy who's parking the cars takes one look at me and he goes you must be the pastor and i keep on wanting somebody to say you must be the bouncer or or or, or something like that but anyhow so be it darn it <laughs> pastor <laughs> so again great to have you here today it's really going to be a fun service and and it's going to be, I, you know, I want to leave you here today thinking about faith in a very different way. I, somebody had posted a beautiful quote from Brene Brown that if you have a faith that you believe has all the answers, if your faith says there are all the answers and I got them, you probably don't have faith, which is kind of interesting. And it gets back to me kind of, uh, you know, this view of faith that, that's far, that becomes far more heart-centered. New Church, we talk about how, how perception, intuition actually becomes one of the highest forms of faith that we can have. And there's a process, as with anything, and there's a journey, as with anything. Faith is not a light switch. Uh, you know, sometimes people will ask, like, well, how do I get faith? And it's like, they want to know where the light switch is. I don't think that's how it works. I think it's far more of an evolution. And we've been looking at that evolution. We've been looking at a story of one of the 12 disciples, if you're not aware of that. You have Christ, you have 12 really close guys who follow him. Those are the 12 disciples. One of them was by the name of Peter. We've been looking at his journey. We started out by looking at the magic. So, so we have a moment where all of a sudden it's like, oh, faith it just feels magical. There's something that happens, some miracle, a, a baby is born or a proposal is made or a, or a beautiful sunset is seen and we have this magical moment of faith, which is beautiful. And then the child grows. <laughs> Marriages have their struggles beautiful morning rain in the evening i mean that's just the way life goes but the magic we can celebrate that magic while we have it then we looked at the sacrifice yeah then faith will start to ask us to sacrifice we've been really really honed in on the idea that to sacrifice means to make sacred sacrifice gets a bad rap these days far worse than it deserves sacrifice is a good thing because that's how we make something sacred then we looked at the challenge. All right, so what's the challenge of faith? And this week, I'm going to have you say the C word there. This week, we're closing up by looking at the, the call, the call of faith. Now, the call of faith is, is, is where we have faith, and we get down to the big why. And it, I think a lot of the time, faith, people tend to just leave it kind of on this, on this surface film of belief statements. And not that there's anything wrong with belief statements. Belief statements are really important. They're like guideposts. And my experience has been is that if, if we don't really get to the call of faith, they just remain kind of superficial. So I want to show you a video here, and it's, it, you'll see somebody who, who really is able to tap into what the why is, what the why is. And we'll be using this, this music to come back to a couple times during the service to talk about the why and talk about faith as it gets to that deeper levels. So take a look at this video. is called how do I know and a lot of times when people hear the phrase how do I know the next thing they say is what how do I know what but the key really isn't to know what the key is to know why 
Because when you know your why, you have options on what your what can be. For instance, my why is to inspire people to walk in purpose. My what is stand-up comedy. My what is writing books. My what can be going out with some friends to eat. In fact, another what that has moved me towards my why is a, a web series that we have out now called Break Time. So every Wednesday at 3 o'clock, you should subscribe to the, to the channel. Uh, we do a series called Break Time on YouTube. So 3 o'clock, we drop a new episode. One episode in particular I'm about to show you a clip to. We were in, uh, we were in Winston-Salem. So Break Time, this is how it works. I travel the country. I do stand-up comedy probably an hour, hour and a half at an event. And in the middle of my show, I'll just sit down and start talking to the audience. And funny just happens. Or I'll meet somebody who's really interesting. So I met this one guy, and he said that he teaches music at a school. I was like, all right, you teach music. You know, um, can you sing? And then uh, I'm just going to show you the clip. Check it. So you're a musical director. Cool. Yes, sir. All right, so... Um, let me get a couple. Let me get a couple bars of like uh, "Amazing Grace." Can you do the first part of that? Let me, go ahead. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Wow, that bro could sing. You know what I'm saying? All right, all right. Now, once you give me the version, is if uh, your uncle just got out of jail, you got shot in the back when you was a kid. I'm just saying, let me see the hood version real quick, if you know which version I'm talking about. Just see if that exists. Let me see what you got. Amazing grace, how sweet the So you, you got to love that. Like there's, there's an experience of that deep why, deep why. We really come down to it. And to me, that's very much that second part is what faith is. It's not just this what, like what I believe, but it's a much deeper call to a why that kind of is a fire in the belly. And I want you to notice, we're going to come back to this. When we speak from that, when we're there in that faith-filled space, did, did you, somebody can just shout it out. What were other people's reaction the second time he sang it? What were other people's reaction? Just enjoyed it. Just, just you see this joining and this joy and this, this, like, this instant connection. When we come from that much deeper place of faith. All of you can have that place. I mean, that's a miracle. And I can say that with 100% certainty. 
all of you can have that place. And it's not something that we work towards or, boy, if you just had one more college degree you would get or read one more book, you can have that place because actually you already do. And so much of faith then is this beautiful, beautiful returning home. This beautiful returning home. And remember I said, like the journey, it's never, it's never a one-way journey. What we come to is we come to this. We come to understand the why and the call, and then we sing from there. But the journey, it winds. It goes in and out. I'm going to step over here for a minute, talk about the journey that we looked at last week, and then come back and, and talk about the journey as it's explained in here in a new way. So last week we looked at a story. It's part of the Easter story for those of you who aren't aware of it. And, and, and Peter's gathered around a charcoal fire. So he's gathered around a charcoal fire. And he is asked three times, three times, are you with this guy, Christ? Christ has just been arrested, soon to be executed. They ask him three times, are you with that guy? And, and Peter kind of knows, like, if he says yes, maybe he's in deep trouble. Three times, yes or no, what does Peter say? Yes or no? What does he say? No. Can we say no really loud? No. And let's say no really loud three times just because. No, no, no. Yeah, emphatic. No, no, no. Faith comes up. <laughs> but then guess what, folks? No, no, no. Now, if you read faith a certain way or as some people teach it, they're like, you're done. It's over. You deny God, all finished. We can put a finality there. That no, this is the final point. That's it. You've denied God. You forget it. That's that light switch mentality of faith. That either the light switch on is on or it's off. But maybe there's a different way to hold all this. Maybe God is truly loving and truly caring and truly guiding all of us in ways, as New Church says, in ways we can't imagine towards heaven and towards home. And that's again where the story takes a real interesting twist right after this no, no, no. And that's what I'm going to pick up now. In this story, Christ gets crucified, the disciples all scatter, as we would ourselves. They go back to their regular jobs. Many of them were, were fishermen, which, which was kind of like a pretty just mundane job. You were a farmer or you fished, you did one of the two things. Pretty much just a Joe Bag of Donuts kind of job. And that's where we pick this up. So, so Peter's out there in a boat, and he's fishing. And all of a sudden, they see this guy, and he looks like Christ. They see him from a far distance, like, wow, is that really him? And then they hear Christ shout out, throw the net over the right side of the boat, and they pull up all these fish, and that's where we pick up this story. Jesus said, throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find fish. When they did, they were unable to haul the net up because of the large number. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. As soon as Peter heard him say, it's the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, dove in the water, swam to shore. The other disciples followed, pulling a net full of fish. When they landed, they saw a charcoal fire foreshadowing 
charcoal fire. Charcoal fire only shows up in the Bible twice. This is the second time, the chapter right after, right after the story we looked about. Saw a charcoal fire. Saw Christ there with fish and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you've caught. Simon Peter climbed aboard, dragged the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Which I love the idea that here's, here's the Lord inviting us to breakfast. You gotta, you, gotta, you gotta love that. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? Which would be, yeah, you can imagine being a little stunned. Like, you want to ask that, but you're like, yeah, a little awkward. They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Peter, do you truly love me more than these? Now, we miss, folks, again, humor in the Bible. We miss it all the time. Because we like to think of sort of Christ as being so austere. I don't read it that way. Actually, I think Christ has an immense, immensely good sense of humor. There's no way Christ is going to sit in the circle of disciples and ask Peter, do you love me more than you love all your friends? That's not very Christ-like. He's talking about the fish. He's saying, do you love me more than these fish? And I see him saying it with a smile. I see him saying that with a very big smile. Yes, Lord, he said, you know I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. And Jesus said, do you love me a second time? He answered, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to them, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time. He said, Lord, yes, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said a third time, feed my sheep. So here we see, going back to this charcoal fire, we see this again and again. Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. This, this same thing. Now, now again, folks, like, we, we missed the history. We missed the history. Yes or no? Could most people read it this time? Yes or no? No, vast majority of people didn't. So how did they hear about that stuff? People would have read it to them. So they may have caught some of the things that we just don't because we've divided the Bible into chapters. It was never divided into chapters. That's us doing that, not God doing that. So they would have seen this story and they've said, charcoal fire, and here it is again. And instead of no, 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 I'm going to have you say it three times, Peter gets asked, you love me? And Peter says, Yes, yes, yes. Now, folks, if somebody betrayed me and got me crucified, I don't think I'd be asking, do you love me? I don't think I would be asking those questions. I'd be asking, I'd be asking much more pointed questions. I'd be much more upset. But we see this beautiful dichotomy here, this, this beautiful flip back into something so very different. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And, and it just doesn't end there. It's not, do you love me? Yes, I love you. Christ goes on, and what does he say? What does he say, folks? Anybody pick up? Feed my sheep, feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. Now, he wasn't a shepherd. We're not talking literal sheep and lambs. He's not saying, take care of the farm animals. He's saying, you know, do you love me? And, you know, picture the eye contact there. Do you love me? Yes, yes, you know I do. Take care of other people. 
Do you really love me? Yes, you know it. Take care of those around you. Do you love me? Yes, I, Lord, you know this is really annoying me. You're asking these questions. Did you hear what I said? Did you hear what faith is? I'm not asking you to believe in me. I'm asking you to love me. And I'm asking you, will you take care of other people? I have to give you chills. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful way to see faith in a, in a much richer tapestry, a much far, far, far richer way. And what we see is we see instead of finality, we see a forgiveness happening. Instead of finality, like, nope, you denied me, all done, we see a forgiveness taking place. Take a look at this next quote here. Every time, some of you should probably take a picture of this, by the way. Every time God forgives us, God is saying that God's own rules do not matter as much as the relationship that God wants to create with us. Every time God forgives, God is breaking God's own rules. So we are always invited into that deep forgiveness because it moves us into this next slide. It moves us into this kind of perspective where forgiveness and the primacy of, I'll have you say the R word there, where forgiveness and the primacy of relationship the primacy of relationship get married to the call you have these beautiful things not finality you have forgiveness and 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 not kind of like isolation of relationship and it's a relationship both with god with our own best selves with other people you have this relationship and that all gets married into the call in a beautiful incredibly profound way a way that matters I just want you to sit with the miracle of that story. I mean, a lot of the time, I, I, I think, this is going to sound strange. I hope it doesn't sound strange, but it will sound strange. Why I am a Christian, me, Chuck Blair, is because I see Christ consistently offering this very different perspective on the world. This kind of thinking is not the kind of thinking that happens in my head. If it happens in your head already, please see me after because I can learn from you. It's a miracle what's happening here. And then when I come back after Angela has a little something to say and after the, the middle song, I want to talk about, yeah, and what is that miracle? As that miracle starts to move through our life, what does that start to look like? A real faith, a moving faith, a faith that is now deeply embedded in our heart. So it's it, it just wonderful. Like you start to really start to dive into to the Bible. And there's all kinds of amazing stuff there. Stuff that we may miss on first glance. It's stuff that moves us to views of faith. Where we partner with God. I love that idea. New church. All about partnering with God. Partnering. Like that is a cool word. Emmanuel. God with us. God walking with us. Where acknowledgement faith is written on our hearts. It is inside. Inside everything we do and everything we say. And by the way, this particular passage, Swinburne goes on to say, that's why we don't need to say a whole lot. Because it's written on our, written on our hearts. And I, I love that idea. Not an intellectual construct, but something that is deeply written on our hearts. What happens here, and this is a fine line of difference, we, we move from looking at reality to looking from reality. 
from what is real, from what matters, from what lasts. And that doesn't mean, folks, I want to be clear, like that doesn't mean that the journey is, 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 is without pitfalls and challenges and hard parts. It's interesting because this moment happens, you know, and if I was writing the book, I would end it there. <laughs> it's a beautiful way to end it. It's not how it ends. It ends again with this call back into life as we live it here. And this is how Christ ends it. He's saying for Peter here, when you are old, Peter, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. It's this candid acknowledgement that, that as our lives get older, in a certain sense, we get less and less control. We're led where we didn't want to go. We face battles we never chose to face. We're living a life very differently than we would have charted it out when we were 20 years old. And how does faith deal with that? Because if, if faith was that here's this charting out, and my expectation is that God's going to have it go just like this, our faith is pretty weak. And here's God saying, it's not going to go like that. And you can still have a deep faith that adds something into your life. Something that, not, not, just, not just an add-on, but again, like, like that settles into your heart in a way that then can be lived out and can make a huge difference. And people respond to and that, that can really empower you in what, in what you want to do and how you want to live. I love this quote from Father Richard Rohr. And I found this to be very true. It's the strangest combination of being able to hold deep sadness and deep contentment at the very same time. So I discovered that in myself, my most wonderful moments were also my most sad moments, which leads you to a kind of participation in what I call the one sadness, that the very fact of enjoying grace and love carries with it a dark side. That is, I didn't deserve to know this. I didn't earn this. And most people think I'm crazy <laughs> If I try to talk about it, I like that last line. So the two intense emotions very often coexist. Those two intense emotions of contentment on one side and sadness on the other. When we live deeply into faith, we can expect to find those more and more because your heart is open. Hearts that are open are open to more hurt. So I just feel like that's an important thing to understand. Hearts that are open are open to more hurt and open to more joy. Open to more joy. Experience expanding. Now, what would it sound like? What would it sound like? And I'm going to have you guys listen to this in a, with slightly different ears. What, would it, what, is, what does music sound like? The music of the sphere sound like when you have music that, yeah, grabs this this, this, this sadness and this uh, challenge and the, and, the, and, the, and the real rigors of life and at the same time grabs a hold of contentment and joy and marries the two, like this, this great sadness and this great contentment and they, they somehow come together. What does that look like? Let's take another minute and a half and review what that looks like. Ah! <laughs> 
Can, you, can anyone guess what song we're doing at the end of church today? <laughs> Take a guess. It, it, it's beautiful, right? It's, it's just, it's a beautiful part. Could you hear contentment in that song, yes or no? Yes. Could you hear sadness in that song? Yes. Isn't that a miracle? Isn't that a miracle? Both these things together in this richness of life. I want you, too, to note, folks, that, that other people really connected with that. All the people around them, as I said, you see lots of connection. You see them in, embracing the song. You see an impact on the audience as he's clearly moving from just performing something to actually joining in an experience of something. We do get to see that over and over and over again. You know, we, we mentioned, uh, you know, last week, a few weeks back, we, we lost a parishioner, um, Chris Jacobson. Um, I mentioned her funeral last week. And I just, I just wanted to show you a, a picture from that funeral. Because I, I think you can kind of see, like, this was, this was right after the funeral. And in the funeral, again, it, it, it had, as all funerals do, it had this, this, this laughter and these tears at the same time. And there's something about when laughter and tears both show up that I feel like, for me, I feel like faith is present. And also on this picture, you see that cool little light coming down from, the, from there on the side? I'm saying that's Chris joining there. We can see that and we can, we can, we can sense it. And, and what might start to shift? Like how can faith maybe start to look a little differently? Well, this is what I imagine. And some of this will be a review from what we did a couple weeks back. We talked, we talked about faith as kind of having ups and downs. Times when we get it and times when we lose it. When you read the Bible, you see that any form of, any form of revelation. You see times where it's like, wow, that's really good. And other times, like, I don't get it. And that's because revelation mirrors our experience as well. It gets it, it loses it, it gets it, it loses it. Way back when, when we started this series, I said, yeah, and what, what starts to happen is we eventually stop identifying with the line and we start getting that it's the paper. That actually it's, it's, it's the paper. That's, that's where we're to, be. we're to be this place. God is this place, sort of God is the ground of our being. This place that can just hold the ups and downs of life. Experiencing it all. I think, my two cents, when we really start to get faith, the graph keeps going like this, and then we do this. Where we get, yep, it's in and out, and it's all going somewhere, and that somewhere is good. That somewhere is blessed. I don't know what it is. 
but I do know that it's going somewhere. It's interesting how Christ follows all this up. You know, he, he talks about it to Peter, like, you're going to have it, you're going to lose it, and when you get older, you're not going to have as much control. All these things you thought were going to happen are not going to happen. And then something beautiful occurs. I think it's incredibly beautiful. Marcus, actually, come up here for a second. Thank you. Give Marcus a round of applause for volunteering. <laughs> so, so I love Marcus. <laughs> so, so this is this is what I, I think it is. You know, like I, I think if if I'm in Peter's shoes, my mind is going back to that charcoal fire, right? Like, dang, I denied the guy how many times? Denied the guy how many times, folks? Three. And 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 then there's this this brand new. Th Thing where he's saying like take care of other people take care of other people I that struck me so much I even sang a song about taking care of other people um, you know we, we get that we get that we get that and then Christ very honestly says and, and you know you're, you're gonna grow and you get older and you're not gonna have all the control that you want to have you're gonna go places where you didn't choose you're not even gonna dress yourself you know, you're just going to go in all kinds of different directions. And then something pretty miraculous happens. Christ closes with these two words. Follow me. Now, he doesn't do it like this, like, thou shalt follow me. You know, I don't view it like that. That's why Marcus volunteered for this, so I could show it to you. <laughs> this is how I see it. Give me your hands, brother. I see it like this. I see Christ looking us in the eye. We're like, you're a good man. You're a good man. Good dad. You've lived a good life. Follow me. Give him a round of applause, folks. <laughs> I think it's that kind of deep follow me. It's a smiling follow me. Marcus is never going to scamper up here while I'm preaching again, by the way. It's, it's, it's this very deep follow me. It's said with a smile. It's said with acknowledgement that this stuff happens. And that life can still be good. And blessed. And we're all going home. That's where, that's where faith goes. And it just, we get to that point, and then I think we just keep on living it. And what is that final call, that very final call of faith? Here I use the words of William Blake. And we are put on earth a little space. And I'd ask you to close your eyes for this last line. We are put on earth a little space that we may learn in the end to bear the beams of love. Amen. I'd ask you now to join me in a prayer. I'm going to say a prayer. And you have an opportunity to say your own prayer, the Lord's Prayer as you know it. Know it, And then you are asked to join us. Again, guess what song? You're asked to join us in a rousing rendition of our own soulful version of Amazing Grace. So please join me in prayer. So Lord, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for standing with us in faith. And helping us to see faith as a journey, faith as a trip, faith as a way of coming home, faith as a path to our heart. Where we move beyond what? 
and we settle. We settle into why. Thank you for your presence here today among us, walking with us, caring with us. And Lord, stir in our hearts this week a living, loving, real faith. Even if just for a minute. Give us a taste of that. And help us, Lord, as we enter this last song, to sing from our why the song Amazing Grace. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv.